How are your relationships going? I'm sure that you would say that most of them are going along pretty well, but there's probably one or two that maybe are kind of challenging, kind of difficult. And if you have one of those that maybe even makes you angry, how do you express how you feel? There's a house in Boston. It's called the Skinny House. And it's there as a reminder to how two brothers responded when they were not getting along so well. It was built in the 1800s. And the story goes that the two brothers owned a plot of land together. And one of them was involved in the U.S. Civil War. And while he was off fighting, his brother there on that plot of land built a house, a big house, taking up almost the entire footprint of that plot of ground. And so when his brother came back from fighting in the war, he was very angry about the fact that his brother had taken up so much of that property that they owned. But he built a house of his own right there on what little was left on the property. And it had to be a skinny house because there wasn't much property available. But he was sure as he built it, to build it tall, so that it blocked the sunlight from flowing into his brother's house and also to build it in such a way that it kept the beautiful view that his brother had from being able to being seen. It had to be skinny, but it had another name as well, and it's come to be known as the Spite House. It was built out of spite. That's how he responded in that negative relationship. Interestingly enough, Here's another photo that was also a house that was painted out of spite. And you can see the paint scheme for this neighbor who wasn't getting along with those who lived around him. Or here you can also see there is a spite wall. The neighbor on the left built that wall because the neighbor on the right was building some windows, adding some windows to his house that were going to look right out on his neighbor and into his house. And he didn't like that. And so on the very edge of his property, he built this spite wall. As you can tell, these people weren't doing so well in their relationships. Well, today we're going to be thinking about this idea of choosing relationships so that we might choose them in such a way that they would be healthy and they would be strong and they would be beneficial. This is our next installment in our sermon series called future you. Now, future you is this idea that we are all on a destination. We're all headed somewhere. We're headed into our future selves. But the fact of the matter is we don't just arrive there. We don't just get there because we intend to be there. We don't get into a certain desired future just because it was desired. We arrive in our future because it's the end of a path that we are on, that we're currently journeying on. And so this series isn't just about what do we want the future to be, but how do we get there? And the fact of the matter is there are essential steps that we need to take today that are going to lead us to the place where we arrive at the desired future you. Unfortunately, this can be hard for us because the fact is that we're not very good at delayed gratification. Truth is that we like things now. We don't want to put them off. We would rather, in many circumstances, have something that is good now instead of something that is great 
later on. This is why a lot of employers need to offer incentives to their employees so that they would be willing to defer a little bit of their current salary so that they might be set up for a future retirement. Same principle at play there. So today we're gonna to try to buck that trend as we think about choosing relationships. The relationships that we choose today have a significant bearing on who we will become tomorrow. And if your future self were able to come forward and pay you a visit today, they would beg you that you would choose helpful, healthy relationships so that there wouldn't be baggage and difficulty and pain that they would have to navigate their way through down into the future. And we know that this is the case because for some of us, we're dealing with the baggage of a relationship that we've previously been in that has led us to the place where we find ourselves today. So we're going to be thinking today about how to choose those helpful relationships as we think about making future you what we would desire it to be. And as we do so, there are a few different principles that we want to bring out and you can find these actually just two points one of them has a sub point so just a few ideas today you can find them on your outline in your pathway notes and the first of them is this to proceed with caution proceed with caution you've heard it said that you should choose your friends wisely and that is absolutely true no doubt about it and solomon agrees and so he writes in proverbs chapter 12 and verse 26 the righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. Choosing friends is a big deal. You probably didn't realize it at the time, but your parents chose your friends when you were young. They had certain kids, maybe certain families that you want, they wanted you to be in association with and probably some others that they didn't. And so they made that choice for you. It may be that your parents, even if you're a grown adult, are continuing to try to make those relationship decisions for you. Or your spouse, if you're married, might be trying to direct you towards certain relationships. Now, it's not that they're trying to be overbearing in any way. They just understand this principle of choosing friends carefully. And the reason is because our friends have access to our lives. And with access comes influence. So if the person that you are hanging with thinks differently than you do and is engaging in behaviors that are ones that you've pretty much said are out of bounds for you, there's going to be this temptation to enter into the things that you've already decided aren't within God's purposes or God's will for you. They have that influence. And more and more, it's likely that you'll start to act like that person. The more time you spend, the more influence they start to have. Later on in Proverbs 22, we are given a warning for this very reason. It says, do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered. That's the warning. Here's the reason. Or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. He's pointing out here that the attitudes and actions of those that we spend time with, it's contagious. It rubs off on us. Did anyone ever say to you, you become like the company you keep? I remember my parents saying that to me. And maybe you've said it to somebody else yourself. Well, 
Okay, very good, because it's absolutely true. Your friends can shape and oftentimes will shape the direction of your lives. That's what Solomon is talking about when he says that you may learn their ways. And it's not just friends. We actually willingly give ourselves over to the influence of other people. In fact, today we actually have people called influencers and they're being followed by the millions. Maybe you have several people or one or two influencers that you follow. These are people who in many cases are being paid by brands to try to get you influenced and to purchase certain things or maybe even to act in certain ways. I guess at least we're being honest about the fact that their role in our life is to influence us. It might be good if there was a little more of that straightforwardness in other relationships, in other areas of life as well. This ice cream van that you can see here, you probably can't necessarily read what it says, but it's trying to take us a step in that direction. Let me read it for you. It says on the side, nutritional information, don't even ask. This is the best ice cream made in Wisconsin, and it tastes so good because it has gobs of rich Wisconsin cream, tons of real ingredients for boatloads of luscious flavors. That means it's not low fat, low calorie, or low anything, and that's why everyone loves it. You want nutrition? Eat carrots. <laughs> I guess there's some real truth in that, some truth telling, and I'm, and I'm grateful for that. And I guess we have that somewhat with influencers. At least we know going into it what we're getting. But oftentimes when it comes to influence, it's a little bit more veiled than that. And that's why Solomon here in this verse warns us to open our eyes and move into a better direction. The Apostle Paul agrees with that. And he writes in Romans chapter 12, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, I would expect some of you to maybe have a question or maybe even an, an objection to this idea of influences, maybe wondering, well, does that mean that you need to get rid of relationships that maybe you've been in for a time? Because it that they can only be people that have the same standards that you have, that you can relate to. Some of your friends you've probably been friends with since you were in grade school, or maybe you were in one another's weddings, or maybe you're even related to some of them. Are you supposed to cut them out of your life? Well, maybe, maybe not. But what we're saying is that it's important to cut their directional influence out of your life. Ask yourself where the relationships that you are in are pulling you. Where are they taking you? Taken to the logical conclusion, where do you end up? If that relationship influences your heart, is it in the direction of the person that you want to become? Or is it standing in the way of the best version of who you want yourself to be? If it's getting in the way or pulling you to places that aren't supporting your spiritual self, then, then yes, there has to be some sort of a change that is engaged in so that ultimately we would become the, the future you that we want to, desire to, and need to be. And by the way, you should apply that same sort of standard when it comes to dating relationships, when it comes to romantic relationships. 
Has your involvement with that person supporting and encouraging your move toward Jesus? Or is it something else that it's taking you toward? If it's something else, then that's an influence that you need to overcome or change or maybe remove altogether. And be honest. It's true that standards of morality are getting blurred more and more and more in our world today. But I'm guessing that you know if certain actions or behaviors or living arrangements are ones that are increasing the Christ-like nature of your character, of your person, or not. So where are you in your relationships? This is huge when it comes to future you, because the decisions that we make in our relationships today, they're going to have lingering effects. They're going to have lingering consequences. And again, you know that, because for some of us, we're dealing with some of the pain and some of the difficulty and some of the baggage that has come along with previous relationships, previous decisions, previous influences we've allowed ourselves to be under. Let's look forward. Let's consider who do we want the future you to be and make the decisions when it comes to choosing relationships today that will lead us and take us to that desired outcome. So when it comes to choosing relationships, proceed with caution. And then also second vital step is to prioritize faith connections. Prioritize faith connections. There are two different kinds of faith connections to consider. The first is those that foster growth. Those that foster growth. We all need our faith to grow. And there are relationships that we can put ourselves in that can be catalysts toward making us those people are leading us toward that outcome. In Proverbs 27, it says, Perfume and incense bring joy to the heart, and the pleasantness of a friend springs from their heartfelt advice. Now, I'm not sure how much joy, perfume, and incense bring to your heart today, but in the ancient world, if you slept next to the sheep and the goats, any other aroma at all would have been welcomed. I actually would have welcomed some incense on the last flight that I was on as a boy in the row in front of us lost his lunch all during takeoff. I actually felt pretty sorry for me. <laughs> That's it. No, I felt sorry for this young boy as he was struggling through it. But even more interesting in this verse is the fact that joy also comes from the counsel of a friend. They care deeply enough to speak constructively into your life, perhaps in a gentle sort of way, but yet making sure that the facts that needed to be spoken were spoken so that you would grow. This is the same principle that is carried and contained in the much more familiar Proverbs 27, verse 17, that says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. I'm not sure we realize the significance of the influence that we have on one another. We considered it from a negative point of view just a moment ago, but it can also be amazingly positive in our lives. You're shaping everyone you come in contact with. 
and everyone is in the process of shaping you as well. And a good friend is doing so constructively. They will give you all of the facts, even though some of them might be painful or maybe even embarrassing. I was having lunch with someone a few months back and they were telling me the story of a time, a recent occurrence for them when they were in the airport and they were walking through and, and they came upon this group of, of four or five different people sitting around at the gate in a circle, talking animatedly with one another. And he noticed that this person who was talking he had a collared shirt on and the collar was fine on the one side, but it was a bit crumpled and, and out of place and sort of turned up on the other side. And so he walked over to this guy, complete stranger to him. He walked over to him and he straightened out his collar and laid it down. And he looked around at the other people sitting there in the circle with him and looked back at the guy and said, you need better friends. <laughs> and that's kind of this principle that we're talking about, that friends will, will speak up, genuine friends, to help you when something needs to be altered or changed because the fact of the matter is we all have blind spots you have them i have them all of us need someone who cares enough about us to let us know when something isn't going exactly right some people say yeah i know they're my friend i know they're making some bad decisions but it's it's none of my business well, if you are a genuine friend who can foster growth in the life of the people that you're doing life with, you'll make it your business. Would you rather have somebody step in to a circumstance and speak to that in your life before it's too late or after? Which one is the better friend? Oscar Wilde wrote, a true friend always stabs you in the front. Not in the back. In the front, they come and they let you know. Now, just a couple of words of advice as we consider being one who offers constructive criticism in the life of a friend. First of all, you praise in public and correct in private. If you want to terminate a friendship really fast, just start to correct them in public. And the other one is this. Never rebuke a friend unless you're open to rebuke from them. Correction doesn't work as a one-way street. But if we're willing to enter into relationships with people who love us and care about us and that we feel reciprocally toward, then we can engage in this sort of relationship that fosters growth and that takes us to a place where we find greater health and friendship and oneness where we get to a place where our blind spots might be eliminated. Things that would negatively impact us for the future can be taken out of the way today. So the future you becomes the person that you would desire it to be. One type of faith connection that we want to prioritize is those that foster growth. The other is those that give life. Proverbs 18 gives us a glimpse into this idea. In verse 24, it says, One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Do you have any, have any friends that you would consider to be in that unreliable level? I'm guessing yes is your answer to that question. I think we all do. 
And part of the reason for that is because we use this term friend in so many different ways to refer to so many different sorts of people. I had somebody in the lobby of the church not all that long ago call me over and say, I want to introduce you to somebody. And they took me over and there was somebody standing there and they said, I would like to introduce you to my friend. Um, what's your name again? And it just kind of illustrates this point that uh, obviously they had just met this person, but, but the word friend seemed still to be appropriate somehow in that relationship. Truth is that we use the word friend in a lot of different ways. One of the types of things that we might call a friendship is something that's actually very superficial. This is like, this is like Facebook friends. These are people that the only thing that they have in common are the fact that they both have computers <laughs> or they both have the internet. They're just Facebook friends, just very surface sort of relationship. Well, another level of friendship are companions. These are people that you know reasonably well. You see them in the lobby at church, you'll stop and talk to them, or you see them in the store, you'll stop and you'll have a little conversation. They probably know how many kids you have, but they probably don't know their ages or all that much about them. If you had a circumstance where you needed some help and you'd called them up, they would come over and they would help you, but honestly, they're not people that you would ever call. And if they would call you and ask for some help, you'd probably help them, but you'd probably also think, don't you have any better friends? <laughs> well, another level of friendship are ones that you probably would only have a very small number of these sorts of friends. These are the sort of friends, they do know how many kids you have, they know their ages, they know what your concerns are for each one of those kids that you have. They know how you feel about your boss, how you feel about your pastor. They're ones that you've probably given refrigerator privileges to at your house. These are the friends who stick closer than a brother. These are the ones who are there for you when you have times of need. They're going to stand with you. They're going to lean in when other people might be leaning out. They're the ones that are described for us in Proverbs chapter 17, where we read, a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. Now, it's certainly life-giving to have a friend who's there for you no matter what, who sticks closer than a brother. But this, is, this brother here is more than just a stalwart companion. This is a faith friend that's being described for us here. That's the motiv motivating factor behind the relationship that's being developed there. It reminds me of that guy in the Gospel of Mark, we've talked about him before, who had some very good friends. This guy is paralyzed, he can't get to Jesus, though he'd love to go to Jesus out of his faith that Jesus might do something for him. These friends pick him up, they carry him on his mat to Jesus. And because Jesus at the time is in this house that's so crowded, they can't get in. So they go up onto the roof. Many know the story. And they tear open the roof and they let the man down so that Jesus might heal him. And because of the faith of this man and the faith of these friends, there's this beautiful outcome to this story. We all need friends like that, who will influence us in the direction of Jesus. We need these sorts of friends. They're life-giving sorts of friends. 
There are times in all of our lives where we might get discouraged. We might be ready to, to pack it in. We might be ready to give up. But these friends come and they carry us, as it were, to Jesus. They keep us going. They spur us on. They pick us up when we might be ready to throw in the towel. You should strive to have these sorts of friends. You should strive to have a God component in every relationship that you have. And we say, well, hold on, hold on just a second. You might be thinking, well, does that mean that, that all of my friends or my only friends should be believers in Jesus? That's a good question. And actually, no, that's not what I'm saying. You've heard me say many times before, if you've been a part of Pathway for any period of time, that we need to be engaged. We need to be involved. In fact, that sort of person, and some people move toward that. Some people have acknowledged that to me, that the only people that they ever interact with are believers in Jesus. But what that can do is lead us to a place of isolation. And quite honestly, if we're not, capable, or if we're not careful, to a place of judgmentalism as well. And some people have succumbed to that. No, we should delight in relationships that we have with other believers, our, our, our primary relationships, the ones where we give influence and access to other people really ought to be centered in those sorts of relationships. But we also ought to also lean into relationship with those who have yet to come to believe in Jesus. Those are also relationships, though, understand, that can have a God center. It doesn't mean that all of your conversations are always about the gospel or about church or about faith. It just means that you're in a relationship with them where the parameters are understood, where you're not going to be dragged off by them and their influence into a, into a circumstance that is going to cause you to throw in your values or to compromise on your beliefs. Enjoy the friendship, yeah. Talk football, go to games together, enjoy one another's company, have dinner, and honor God at the same time in what you do and the things that you don't do in the context of that relationship. When it comes to future you, there are a few things that have the power to derail or advance us forward toward that person that we want to become than who future you is going to become. Then the relationships that we're choosing to enter into. I know that it's easy to get drawn into relationships that are, that are so exciting or with people who seem to have such a platform or maybe such power, or they're so popular, and we just have this pull to, to enter in, and the danger being that we're willing to let go of primary considerations for who we want future you to be. And we risk jumping in and just finding ourselves actually in a trap that has been sprung, that we have been caught up in, that is now having influence on us in the moment that is changing relationships, where we're choosing relationships that are leading us to a place that is giving future you baggage and challenges and difficulties we're gonna to have to navigate. So I wanna challenge you. 
in the moment that we sit in today to think about who is it you want to become? Where is it you want to be? What is it that you want to have be true about you? And as we ponder who that person is, that we would reverse engineer it, as it were, back to the moment that we live in today. Because the choices you're making in relationships today are leading you somewhere. They're not just causing you to sit idle somewhere. They're leading you somewhere. And it's vitally important that we would consider where we're going. The decisions we're making today are setting up who future you is going to be. So I leave you with this question and with this thought to ponder and respond to. And it's this, what relationship does that mean you need to lean into? And what one might you need to let go of? Let us intentionally move ourselves forward so that future you is that we is the person that we envision it being and the person that brings honor and glory to the one ultimately that we serve. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for relationships, for people that we do life with. And Lord, I would just pray that as we contemplate where we're going to step forward and where we may need to step back, that it would all be driven with intentionality to be the people that you have shaped us and created us and fashioned us and formed us to be. So Lord, I pray that we would intentionally look down the road, ask ourselves, who is it that you're calling us to be? What is it that we want to be experiencing it in the future? And what baggage do we want to avoid? And then consider, what does that require of me today? Friend, where is that leading you today? What are the decisions that you need to make? Where do you need to lean into a relationship and perhaps lean out so that you, with intentionality, become the future you you desire to be? Lord, help us to recognize those steps we need to take and give us the courage to take them, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.